So we're all back now, finally. Yeah. Pat and, uh, of course, Mike are back in from their uh, holiday, and just like everybody else, too, I guess, too. Right. Yeah. I had sex with four or five turkeys over the day. Ooh, <laughs> you stuffed them good. I had stuffed the shit out of them. <laughs> Did you come underneath the sink again? They, like, you know, marinate it? You know, you're supposed to put butter underneath there? I think you some jism in there. You better it. base the turkey. I'm basing the shit out of it. <laughs> Did you guys do anything cool for Thanksgiving, or...? Uh, no, not really. Hung out with my parents, had a little turkey, you know. Yeah? It was good to have my mom home. Anything cool that your families do that, like, is unique in the food that you eat? We're pretty, like, uh, <laughs> generic white people, you know? You got your green bean casserole, you Ooh. got your cranberries and ah. rolls and oh, every day. Yeah, but there's nothing every special, day. like, something unique that, like, always, somebody always has, like, that weird dish <laughs> that you like and you shouldn't like kind of thing. Marshmallow casserole. Yeah, the, the, what is it, yams or sweet potatoes yeah. or something like that? Those are really good. I don't know what's the... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we ha- I went to Christina's and had uh, we got drunk and uh, had political conversations, which is... Oh, sweet. It's like one of the things you try to avoid. Right. <laughs> but it was actually pretty civil. Right. So it wasn't as bad as I... But a lot of... Some people wanted to go outside to get away from it for a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely a heated topic. Like, I made a joke in front of my dad and... He like felt like he had to defend himself. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was like watching some reality show and this Everybody's fat guy. It looked like fat, you know, Trump's fat little brother that kept him in the cellar forever. Or whatever. <laughs> but he's like, he laughed at that, and he's like, "See, I'm not a bad guy. I can laugh at stuff like that." You know, <laughs> it's like that. No one said you're a bad guy because you voted for Trump. But man, what about you? Uh, it was okay. Hey, a lot of good food, whatnot. Uh, yeah. Laura's dad and uh, brother came over, and uh, it was cool. Although we were looking for something to watch the other day on TV, we opted for a sausage party. Yeah. And they had a really hard time with it. <laughs> so it was, it was just like one awkward moment after the other where Laura and I are like, whoa. What did, what did they think of the gangbang at the end? Oh, I don't know. I went to sleep before that. Oh, <laughs> dude. But I, I dig that movie, man. It's it's. Uh, I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, it was, dude. I mean, it's. it's I haven't seen it yet. It's, uh, uh, it, it's got elements of cleverness, but also elements of like excessive uh, crude humor. Right. right, it's 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 bo- it's like that borderline thing, kind of like South Park does. Yeah, in the in the racial area. Right, because every food is symbolic of a different country like, or a yeah, different ethnicity. Like the potatoes or, are Irish. Exactly. Shit, right? Yeah, and the the taco is a uh, lesbian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a drink here. Hold on, let me get a little. Get Alex my... is drinking the yeah. alcohol. Put it in your mouth and drink it in your stomach. 
Feel good, yummy, yummy. Slowly. Slowly, my ass. Slowly. Tastes good. You guys have been drinking. I haven't had shit. Dude, I'm going to drink some right now. Dude, I'm only like... I don't, I don't feel very, like, fluid right now. Well, you are mostly liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, like, 80%? Or 90. Bags of mostly water. Yeah, and fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big old sack of fat. <laughs> oh, dude, this, this is what sucked. I don't want to say this sucked, but this was weird today. I had yesterday off because it was a holiday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember 100% if I worked today or not. <laughs> I love that. Or what day Did it was. Did you wake up in like a sweat and you're like, fuck, I gotta go. No, well, like, I wasn't sure because it's a new job, new boss, getting used to it. I don't remember if I have the day off. He didn't really say anything. So I, I literally got ready, went to work, showed up, and the whole building is like closed. All the, <laughs> all the doors are shut. And I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. Looks like I'm going to Walmart to look at Black Friday deals. <laughs> Have you ever done that with, like, remember you were a kid and you like, had the days off sometimes and you end up going to school anyway? You're like, fuck, there's no school today. <laughs> yeah. You could have grabbed a rock and smashed out the window and had a Black Friday deal there. <laughs> I could have gone to work anyways. <laughs> I'm so into work. Fuck Com- you. Computers. Computers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, yeah, I literally went to Walmart. I looked at the... I literally want to get a. Uh, I don't know. If, I still don't know if I want to get a PS4 or an Xbox One. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Still Xbox working One. on it. A lot of people. It's funny, like because at the beginning of this console generation, yeah, yeah, it was like hands down PS4. But now I get a lot of people that are like, I don't know which one. Like I've seen so many people. So I guess Xbox has kind of reclaimed some of its uh, error. Well, I think you should get an Xbox One. You could play with me and Alex. Though. Yeah, you know what? Kyle from Laughing Horror Podcast just got his. Shit. What's his screen? So name? he's going to be playing with us. It's a highlight nine. Oh, I don't know if I should say. So it he on plays here. with you guys. He hasn't yet, but he just picked it up today. Why so not? when's the last Let's time he played with followers? You. Give him his name. Right. Now, uh, it's a highlight nineteen eighty nine. Play I think. Right. I'm trying to make a sexual joke, but you're not picking up on that. <laughs> and by the way, Deacon goes. I'm not by. drunk. God damn it! <laughs> oh, I just called you by your screen name. Actually, I don't Alex. care. Fuck it. They can add me. That doesn't mean I'm going to add him back. Deacon Rain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to follow Patrick, it's Easy Access Little Boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have your one. I have your candy uh, rape van. <laughs> <laughs> puppies free. Free puppies. Uh, I got a huffy bike in the back. No, it's uh, Revenant Shogun. So they can find you too. <laughs> hey, come find me, baby. Uh, anyway, uh, so we got a really great show for you guys today. Oh, yeah, dude. We're going to be doing a contest. We're actually also going to be talking about thriller movies. Thriller. Uh, we were going to do paranormal, but we're going to save that for later. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> He's doing the arms. No, I'm kidding. He's trying to touch me while he's singing, too. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you can finish him. <laughs> um. No, but we got thriller movies that we're going to be talking about. There's uh, quite a lot of weird shit that's been going on, coincidentally, in our podcast oh, that oh, I yeah. probably want to talk about. Should I talk about that now or wait? Let's just get out of the yeah, way. Yeah, get out of the way. Uh, it's, it's like a big uh, shit. Just, uh, just shit it out now. Okay. Wipe your ass, and then you'll feel good. You take can run around the house. Bites. Don't take little bites. <laughs> so just, just to give you guys an idea, I'm probably making a bigger deal about this than most, but I pay attention to things that are coincidental a lot. Because I've had some things happen to me, and they start like coincidences that happen to you rapid fire all the time, yeah. and then increase in like the odds of being too coincidental start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's this whole theory on this called synchronicity, which essentially means that you're having more than three coincidences in one specific situation, rapid fire. So if you start to have more than three, technically, and this is a scientific theorized whatever, okay. if you have more than three, then that is synchronicity, where it means that things are in line with what you're supposed to be doing, 
and you're setting yourself up for something big. And this big thing could be good or bad. So you never know. So I don't know. But anyway, so since the beginning of time when me and Mike started this podcast, (laughs) I think it was like the second episode, we started having these little tiny coincidences. Mm. We would talk about a movie and then all of a sudden we'd uh, like... Something would come out about that character that we went into depth about, about that guy in the news, or uh, we would pick some movies randomly and a topic randomly, and then the next episode, it would be like the day it released, back like in 2000-whatever, you know what I mean, on that day. Uh, there was a couple other things. We would like talk about a character and it'd be in the news. That was always weird to me. But those are little things. But this time, we decided that we were going to do Paranormal. That got blown out of the water because we just couldn't organize it properly because we want to do it right. So then we were like, well, let's just do thriller movies. And so then we were going to record on Wednesday, but we ended up recording today, which is Friday. And come to find out, I went to my Facebook, and if you guys know that thing, it says, on this day in history, like what you did several years in a row on this day and what you posted. Well, I used to have a podcast five years ago, apparently, that I did an episode on one of the movies we're going to talk about called Pontypool. So we're going to be talking about a movie on the exact same day, exact same time of night, as I recorded with a podcast I used to do five years ago on this day. (laughs) So you are all fucked! No, no, but I just think it's interesting. Like, it's amazing to me that that... That's pretty cool, dude. Like, one in 300 and however many days a year... Right. 365? Yeah, I'm sorry. I always <laughs> say 356, so I didn't want to say this time. Uh, but anyway, so... But I think it's about that time, guys. Horse shots! So, we're going to be doing... Something special today. We watched. We were talking about the movie Pontypool. We're going to be doing that in the thing, in the uh, meat and potatoes, the flesh and potatoes segment. And in the movie, in the beginning, if you guys remember, we they say Honey the Cat is Missing. Right. Where Grant Mazzy is talking about it into the radio. So I figured we would do a Honey the Cat shot. It's kind of lame, but it tastes actually pretty good. You mix in Jim Beam honey with lemonade. And lime juice. And then you shoot it. Pretty simple. Not hard to do. Doesn't taste too fucking bad. And Alex mixes a drink. I'm a little off today. You guys are going to have to pick up my slack here. So Alex is pouring the alcohol into the glasses. (laughs) He's pouring a bit of lemonade into each one and hands it to me. Is this a full drink or is this just the... uh... This is the mix, so that's why we're doing two. So this has the alcohol in it already, right? Right. It's going to be strong. I like how it looks and smells like urine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Bring it in. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, dude. Drink your piss. <laughs> I'm gonna drink mine. Oh, I like I like to watch you guys first to see your facial reactions. You're a fucking dick. <laughs> it's like a lemon head or like a warhead or something. Yeah, it's a little puckery, huh? Yeah. It does taste like urine a little. <laughs> How would you know? I've squirted in my mouth a few times. <laughs> that was okay. That wasn't too bad. It's not a full shot here. Hold on. That was uh. That wasn't bad. It, it was. It was. Yeah. It was like a diluted lemon head. It's it's the honey that like kind of throws me off a little bit. That's not bad. 
I might like it more if I was wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's strong, though. It actually is. Because I put, like, four shots in it. And you can't even tell. All right, one more. Salute. Salute. The second one was better for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. The aftertaste is kind of funk. Yeah. Yeah, tastes like cat piss. That's what we should have called it. Cat piss. Cat piss. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it. We're gonna change the name. So we took cat piss from Honey the Cat. Anyway, that's it for horse shots. Horse shot, motherfucker. This just in, you cocksuckers. It's the news. Here is the fucking news. And it's really news, man. Let's check it out. Um, the new Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Hellraiser Judgment uh, has a release date. We think, anyway. Oh, yeah. It says, uh, it says it's set for release on Tuesday, March 28th. Is it going to be any good, though? Because it's going to be the new guy they picked out, right? Yeah. It's not Doug Bradley. He looks a bit suspicious. Yeah. They had the portly guy. Yeah. On a- <laughs> it's like he ate Doug Bradley. In this, no, yeah. <laughs> this is the result. <laughs> He, like, Buffalo build his ass or something. <laughs> Douglas wept. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, the last few, especially the very last one, was really bad. This one was the chubby-faced dude that, like, played Doug no, he was No, he was in Hell World or whatever it was called, where it was, like, something to do with the internet or something. There was one after that. Oh, they made oh, one what? based on the internet? Yeah. yeah. Dude, what the fuck? Of course they had to. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. stupid. And it's always such a loose... <laughs> like I don't know, man. Butthole. It's like when you try to get too intellectual sometimes with some things, like horror movies. You kind of lose the essence of it, and it really just becomes about jerking yourself off in your writing style. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough. I mean, if it's a it's if it's an original horror film, and it's the first one. Right. I think it's easier to do, but when it's like number four or five in a uh, franchise, it's kind of set in its ways. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't try to you know. Yeah. Don't overthink it. I don't know, but that movie was just poorly acted, and it they had this cult, and like I don't know, it just you know that's just some shitball idea. But I don't know, maybe the new Judgment movie. Well, as soon as I saw the original actor wasn't in it, and then I read the synopsis on it, it was, I just I gave up. On what? Man, Hellraiser, the Hell World. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering. I was like, which one? The new one that's coming no, out? No, no, no. Hellraiser. Okay. I was like, all right. Well, obviously, Hellraiser's over for me. I got to say, I'm not very interested in what they're going to do. Nope. I have no faith. Like, so I'd, I'd still be willing to check it out, but I'm, I'll check I, it out, and I'm going to go in with the lowest expectations that possibly. <laughs> I'm could just going to do what you he can't does fall with off the, the floor, dude. Shot. Yeah, I'll yeah. let you guys watch it first, and you, you guys can't tell sink me. through the floor unless you're taking acid. So I don't. That's not going to happen. Uh, so what else do we got, Mike? Uh, uh, one of the things, like the new Alien Covenant movie, right? Ooh. They released a new poster for it. Okay, it's very old school looking. It's very ominous too, because it does just says. May what seventeenth or something? And yeah, it, it says, says run. run. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's it's not big news, but any piece of information on a new Alien movie, right? When it's kind of old school, I kind of dig on. I'm super ecstatic aliens, about it. I think I I'm just I think they've done a fairly decent job with this with the franchise. Like honestly, like a lot of people, I under, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I just can't see why people didn't like Prometheus. Oh, God. I know Here you knew go. I was going to take it there. Here we go. I've watched it three times in the theater. I fucking love the Dude, movie. Dude, it's not a bad movie, but I don't think it did well enough that they would make a sequel from it. That's the problem. They've already written it. 
Well, maybe, but they they re- need to take people back to what they loved and then bring that back out. That's what I would do. If I was a producer or an well, ex- you know what I mean, like a If I'm correct, wasn't this movie coming out? Is this the same one where the guy wrote his own screenwrite and then posted it on the internet and it got kind of picked up by I don't know. Is that what it is? I'm not sure. Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't know. Because in that one, uh, what's his name? Uh, what was the Marine that was love Kyle interest? Reese. Kyle Reese. No, no, oh, no Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese. That's Terminator. Oh. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, Michael Bean. Michael Bean. Yeah. Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. Hicks. Yeah. So. Who's a bad? In their story, the Hicks never died and either did the little girl. Okay. I don't know. I think it'd be a mistake to go back to that. Right. I kind of was hoping that, what was that Aliens movie where they had the hybrid, the human... Was it aliens? Oh, Resurrection? Aliens. Was it Aliens 3? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no it no. was Aliens 4. 4 or 5. Okay. It was 4, Resurrection. Yeah, Resurrection. That's all I know. And now that's the one where it got sucked. It was like a baby, and it was like, nah! Right, and it got sucked <laughs> so through the little stupid. hole. Aliens yeah. Erection. But I wanted to see the sequel to that, because remember, at the end of that, they have to crash land on Earth. Oh. And, like, and remember, they're like, oh, no, not that fucking shit pit. Right. Shit pit. I don't know, man. I'm excited for it. I'm not upset that it's not a Prometheus sequel. I think that was a hit or miss kind of movie for people. And if I was an executive producer, I wouldn't touch it right away. I would just get people juiced up about the old shit and then maybe strike. Well, it's two different directors. It's not Ridley the right Scott's time. doing Prometheus, which it's his baby. He has every right. right to do whatever the fuck he wants to do with the sure. title. It's cool. It's deep and stuff. But there is some plot holes in that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like, like any movie, though. There's no it's movie pretty, that's like you said, Mike. He thought it was pretty. And aesthetically, it was cool looking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I really just don't care if it's a Prometheus sequel. <laughs> Either do I. I love Aliens regardless. Yeah, but I just... wanted to go back to Aliens. Right. Like, I'm down for some Aliens. But I'm kind of interested in about the engineers. You know what I right. mean? Like, I want to know that backstory. And then maybe, maybe he'll do one. No, he is doing one. Well, then... I think he was calling it Paradise and he switched it to something else. But anyways, we've been talking way too long about this. <laughs> yeah, That's good stuff, forward. man. That's good stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, next thing on the docket, we got... Uh, everybody remembers the uh, Grindhouse film, the uh, Robert Rodriguez. Was it the one? Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino, they did the Grindhouse. But in between the two double feature movie yeah, in the theaters, trailers. which was like over three hours, they had all these fake trailers. And those fake trailers... Um, were hilarious. They were great. Like yeah. there was, there was like, don't go in the house or don't, which was the ghost one that was in black and white and they had the milk coming out of their mouths. Right. Edgar Wright did. Oh, who cool, did cool. Shaun of the Dead and all those other movies with Simon Pegg. I think my favorite was the Rob Zombie one. Yeah. yeah the zombie, SS women are the zombie werewolf women. No, it was, was it werewolf women, women of, of the, the SS. SS. Okay. Yeah. yeah and that was like the first time. Cause like, I don't think he had directed anything yet. No, I think he came Other than the of a fucking, thousand corpses. Did he? Yeah. Well, he did a faux trailer for that. And then there was one by Eli Roth, which was Thanksgiving, which happened to be everybody's favorite faux trailer. Oh, it was fantastic, dude. And dude, that movie was fucking, or the, the little faux trailer was beautiful. And everybody's been talking about it nonstop. What did they say in the news about it, though? Oh, it sounds like from uh, reading Eric and talking to you that that Eli Roth wants to make it more like uh, not as much funny and satirical, but more yeah. serious. See, and that bothers me. Yeah, because it's the headline, and I remember reading it. It was like Eli Roth listens to his fans. Essentially, like the whole beginning is like the jerk. Does off. it actually say <laughs> like, essentially in there? No, so but I'm just. Great. I mean, I'm not. This isn't verbatim, but it just says that <laughs> Eli Roth listens to his fans essentially through the whole 
paragraph. But honestly, if he's listening to his fans, then he knows that you keep the comedy in because everybody loved it for that reason. Right. The part where the girl jumps up on the trampoline and gets stabbed in the fucking vagina. Then the part where he chops off the fucking turkey's fucking head. Right. And go, the dude goes down. He's like, what is this? It's blood. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's blood. There's a fucking bodiless head. Wait, or a headless body. There was one more trailer, though, that they actually made into a movie. I'm sorry to sidetrack you what? that. Well, there was one more trailer for that that actually got made into a movie. Oh, Machete. Machete, yeah. yeah. Machete. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Machete. Which was great. I thought, yeah. I mean, the first Machete was good. Oh, yeah, they did Second one two. was meh. Yeah, they should I never have just saw left it. it at one. You never saw the first one? No, I never saw any of them. Dude. Oh, so good. You got to see that. That. Yeah. See, and this is what I think about Eli Roth, dude. Come on, man. Like, I even wrote him on Twitter before we recorded. I was like, yo, Eli Roth, what's yo, up? Yo, dog. You Yo, dog, what's Twitter? up? No, what's I was up, like, dog? hey, heard you were, po- it was, I was Thanksgiving as a possible, please, in all caps, keep the comedic element to it. Like, really, like, that's, like, why does everybody want to make that's something like so serious? That's like the heart and soul of the trailer. Yes, if you're a fan, you realize that it's funny. It shouldn't have that serious tone. How are you going to, ugh. He want, everybody wants to turn everything so serious. Just have some fucking fun, dude. Why right. so serious, Eli? Yeah. You don't need to make everything so real and epic and we're going to turn this into a franchise type of feeling. Just make a fucking funny movie, man. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's my rant. I mean, would you go see it if it was serious? I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch uh, it. I, it depends. I mean, Eli <clears throat> Roth is kind of a hit and miss, like a lot of more miss than hit lately. I know, I know. He's like a, a modern M. Night. Yeah, it's almost Seven like it's like all of his buddies are propping him up. No yeah. offense to him. I like his, what he does, and I think he's a good director. I know what you mean. I just feel like some of it's kind of like, I don't know, just, I don't well, know. It, it's almost like, uh, I mean, he's one of the guys that spearheaded the uh, torture porn movement, bring, oh, yeah. bringing it back. And uh, I think torture porn is already losing its uh, luster. Right. You know, I think we're moving into a different era with uh, horror films nowadays. Well, it's like... You know, I don't know. There's just something weird about what he's trying to do. I think he did that Aftershocks movie, which is about the earthquake, which is kind of cool. I don't know if he's even just producing or what. Like, I like Eli Roth and I root for him just like I do with Rob Zombie, but I'm kind of iffy on his material. I agree. You know what I mean? I still haven't watched 31 yet, but from what I hear from everybody, they say the cinematography is a little messy. It's okay. It's nothing to, like, tell your dad to go fucking... But when I watch movies, about. I really enjoy cinematography so much that I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of my focal point with most movies. Sorry to go into that so much. Oh, it is good stuff, man. I, I watch a lot of uh, ghost adventures and shit and the ghost hunters because I'm really into ghost hunting. Well, we good. all do. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know about Pat, but I know I watch every ghost episode. I, I used to ghost watch adventures. it, but then I kind of just fell out of that. Uh, they kind of grew up and uh, yeah, I'm big, so big, much better I than everybody. Put my big boy pants on now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do one leg at a time. You yeah. Know. I'm a fan of Ghost Adventures. Say what you want badly about it. I think it's entertaining. It well, is. Let me, let me, before Ghost Adventures became really big, right. like, I got into that first show that was on sci-fi. Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters, yeah. And, and, and it just seemed like... I don't know. That was so dry. It was like listening to like dubstep or drum and bass where you're like waiting for the drop and it just never comes. That's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. And that's why it makes you wonder if Ghost Adventures is legit. Right. Well, I think I think the Ghost Adventures guys like um, I think they do capture real evidence. They do a lot of really legit mm-hmm. stuff, but they do play it up 
And they may not say that they are, but they are playing it up because they understand what sells. Right. They know that, like, if every haunt is a demonic haunt, then uh, I'm using air quotes, that uh, <laughs> they know that's what sells. Right. You know, yeah, I, and I, it, it makes you question a little bit. I right. know, but I, I, don't, I don't knock them. I mean... Well, because there is so much activity in every single one of their episodes, it makes you wonder if it's legit. So I understand the doubt. Well, yeah. <clears throat> but in the same respect, what if, hypothetically, this is true, true air quotes, <laughs> if it is true, then maybe he's just fucking, like, there's a demon attached to him. You mean Zach? And it, like, stirs up everything. He just likes his attire. Well, the funny thing is, is, like, they always say, oh, I've grown up, I'm not really doing that, I'm not trying to provoke anymore. But all they've been doing this season is provoking the shit out of everything. Yeah. Like, have you noticed that? Like, everything is like, let's do a seance. Like, we don't want to provoke. Like, no, you are provoking. Right. And I don't really watch the show, but wasn't there one incident where he was provoking, and then something major happened to him, and then he was like, oh. That was where we were talking where Christina was like, oh, no, Aaron's getting attention. I better act like I'm possessed. Which is just funny. Like, I have utmost respect for those guys, because regardless of if it's true or not, they are entertaining. Right. Yeah. They do a good job at what they do. I don't know. It's entertaining to me. But the, the thing you're talking about... Oh, yeah. It's, it's it really Djibouti Dubs does a dub over of their yeah. voices. It's, it's really silly, but it's still kind of funny. And we'll put a link below for all the comments, you know, so for you can just check it out and everything to watch some of the videos. How many do they have? Uh, they have a couple one. Okay. They have the one where they go in England and the Hellfire Caves in England. Okay. And uh, uh, Aaron was getting uh, was part of the ceremony. That's right. And they were dubbing yeah. it like the the priestess was like spreading fucking mayonnaise all over his chest and stuff. <laughs> it's really bad. Dude, it's really that shit was pretty funny. But anyways, yeah, check it out. It's it's a good time. If you're, yeah, if I'll if put the link show. below, guys. You should check it out just for fun's sake. I guess that's it for the news. News. Hell yeah! Thank you for joining us. All right, so now we're going to go over uh, some quick new releases. I'm just going to fucking rapid fire this shit out. But before we do that, I want to talk about the contest for you guys. Um, for yeah, those dude. of you who are listening and pay attention and follow us every week, thank you. Seriously, that shit means a lot to us. For sure. And that's why I kind of wanted to put this in a little bit deeper. Because there are a lot of people that will just listen to the first 30 seconds or 30 minutes or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And then just cut it off, you know what I mean? And I understand. It's right. nothing wrong with that. And even if you do do that, just please share our shit. By the way, as a note, and I just thought of this now, we are down from iTunes right now. Unless you subscribe to us previously, you will still get all of our downloads in our RSS feed. So you'll probably get that through your phone. But we do not have an iTunes right now, and I sent a, a message to the iTunes team to fix it. I don't know why they took our shit down. I think it's because I used the word fuck in one of our titles. No. Or it's one of those fucking assholes from the you-know-who-what. Hey, fuckery? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> but anyway, aside from that, we want to do something special for the people that actually listen to this podcast support it share it write reviews about it on all the different podcast places and comment on our fucking shit so if you're listening now this is for you guys and anybody can do this okay so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having another horror theme shot we're going to be doing it's christmas right it's oh, holiday yeah. season we want to do two themed shots one for santa claus 
and one for some other holiday version. So that's two chances for you to win some of our music and some of our DVDs that we have extras of. So there'll be Blu-rays, DVDs, whatever. So, so maybe, it could be a Hanukkah shot is what you're saying. Yeah, it could be whatever you want. It could be a Krampus shot. I mean, unless you're being racist as fuck, then you can go fuck yourself. Well, but What's the other one? Uh, Kwanzaa? It could be a Kwanzaa shot. It yeah. could be whatever you want. It's a happy holiday shot. The other one is a Santa shot. Get your fucking brains working. What I need you guys to do is write in the comment section of either Horror Amino, SoundCloud, YouTube, or anywhere that we would see it, basically. But those three are generally good. Twitter, also, very good place to post. But make sure you tag hashtag horror shot, all one word, into the fucking thing so we know what it is. Give us the ingredients. Give us the name. The more clever you are, the better you may win. But we'll give you, like, I don't know, two DVDs and, like, a CD of our music. And maybe a rag with a little bit of our DNA. Yeah, and maybe some panties that <laughs> that Pat will give us that he'll sprinkle some fucking tuna sauce all over. I'll wear them for a week. Yeah, like I'll whatever. Some nut crust on mine. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, I'll load a couple of trucks with those babies on, baby. Right. Okay. So now it's time for the new releases. Uh, what we're going to be doing now is talking about some of the new releases and also first and foremost upcoming releases. So stuff that you can pre-order now. I've been saying new releases for like ever, and I just realized that we've been talking about upcoming releases. So it's just one of those mind slips. Right. Uh, Dead Time Stories, which is kind of like an anthology uh, movie, is coming out on Blu-ray, and that will be available February 28th, so you can pre-order that now. They are doing an actual Arrow version of the movie Pulse. I'm assuming it's the... Japanese version, but I can't tell. I think I saw that a while back, but I don't remember it 100%. The Pulse, the Japanese version of, of oh, maybe this, maybe Pulse it, okay, maybe good. I maybe I didn't see the Japanese one, maybe I saw the US version. Yeah, that one was actually pretty good. Okay. Uh, there's another movie coming out, We Are the Flesh, on February 14th, 2017. Pre-order available. City of Dead, and that will be February 14th. Also, Anti-Birth. We did an interview with Danny Perez. Big shout out to you, brother. Yeah, dude. If you're listening, man, we appreciate you. But uh, and he and I wrote to him on his Facebook. I was like, "Yo, man." I was like, "I heard that your uh, Blu-ray is coming out, so I guess it's coming out anyway." Oh, and he was yeah. like, "Really? I didn't know." <laughs> he said that. Yeah, he said that I, to I, me. I remember, I remember you asking him if it's going to come out. Yeah, he said he didn't think it was coming out. Yeah, dude. But Anti-Birth is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD combo. Um, that's available February 7th. Are we sure about any of the content that's going to be in that Blu-ray? No. No? Okay. Well, and if there was, I wouldn't go into it right now. Well, we needed some, <laughs> aut- some autographed Blu-rays. Right? I'll, I'll just, I'll send it to Danny. <laughs> so Vestron's got their two next releases, uh, in their Vestron Collector Series. And that's Parents on Blu-ray, the one with Ooh. Randy Quaid, where the parents are cannibals. Didn't he just pass? No, he's just homeless and on the run, I heard. (laughs) Seriously, I'm not joking. Really? Yeah, he's really on the run. From what? I don't know. I forget. I don't know what it was, but I think Randy Quaid was having some problems. Oh, you know who I was And he went to Canada or some shit? It was what's-his-name who just passed, the guy who was in... um... Mom and Dad Saved the World and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, the pedophile. Yeah. Oh, he passed? Yeah. 
Oh, dude. He was yeah. also in Howard the Duck, right? I'm sure a lot of the yeah. uh, pedophile children uh, are really They're upset about soundly that. sleeping tonight. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know he passed. Yeah. Did he really? Was he a pedophile, though? Well, they, they found, from what I remember, they found a bunch there of images charges. of uh, uh, small kids on his computer or something. Yeah. yeah. And he actually went to jail or prison or something. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. He didn't have a really good monster, like, face and tone to his voice. I just figure, like, I picture, like, him doing something like that, jerking off to some, like, kiddie porn. Mm, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's horrible joke. Oh, he was, oh, another movie we got to talk about one time. He was in uh, uh, Ravenous. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was He's not general, a bad right? actor, and I feel kind of bad. Like, I don't mean to joke about someone's death or anything, but... He, Whatever, he's fucks. rotten in hell. Fuck yeah, you, he motherfucker. Yeah, he probably fucks a bunch of kids. Well, we don't know if he did that, but still, he went to jail for something, so it's a little weird. <laughs> Sorry for all the pedophiles that listen to our cast, but go fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, Lair of the White Worm uh, is coming out for Vestron Collector's series, which is the Hugh Grant movie. Do you guys remember that movie? It was kind of like halfway exploit sexploitation film. What was the name of it again? It was like a I, I softcore porn. I, I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was pretty freaky shit. Hmm. And there was a, like a pretty half- good job yeah like child it was like a semi though right well it was like when i was a kid i remember getting turned on by it i don't know why <laughs> but yeah layer the white worm if you haven't seen that guys really <laughs> no this is like skinamax 101 i saw when you're I saw a kid 10, and you're just hitting 10, puberty there's skinamax. not much that won't get you hard i remember playing what streets of rage and they had like animation for the girl that was walking like in her yeah, that's weird. Her sweater puppies would bounce, <laughs> and, and that got me. Her going. sweater kittens, dude. Sweater kittens. <laughs> I just puppies, learned this. You know? I, me- I remember the uh, the the Sears catalog. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you like just go miss- missing. You're like, where's the Sears? Yeah, catalog? I remember. <laughs> I remember going to the old folks' home. Anyway, <laughs> I'll change your bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got Blair Witch coming out on Blu-ray uh, January third. That's upcoming. A lot of Underworld, a lot of Resident Evil. Hellraiser, the Scarlet Box, which is the trilogy, the first three, Ooh. is coming out. Uh, it's a Region A, so it's, it is U.S. Uh, version of it. Uh, December 13th. Uh, Creepshow 2, December 13th. Black Christmas, the original collectors, um, December 13th. And that's pretty much it. Ah. Anyway, that's it for the fucking new releases. Let's move on to the meat and Fuck potatoes. You. The flesh and potatoes, if you will, of the segment that we're calling Thriller Killer. Thriller Killer. Cool like synthwave music. We could come up with that. I feel like we should come up with like a segment, like a music segment for the meat and potatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it feels like it needs it. So maybe I'll write something. I don't know. Maybe we can all contribute to that. Oh. Do you think uh, maybe? Uh, <laughs> I'll throw something into the house. <laughs> Thriller Killer. These are all movies that we felt really kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Uh, movies that we really enjoyed for the most part. Maybe two of us or three of us at once. Uh, we usually sound... we Sounds usually really bad. I don't know if you guys have noticed this theme, but whenever we find a movie that we really like, all three of us, we usually keep it for the last one. Yeah. And we'll let you guess it to which one that one is. But first, we're going to talk about a movie that we all watched called The Invitation. Oh, shit. This movie came out in 2015. It's kind of a underground hit. Yeah. It's by the director, Karen or Corinne Kusama, who is also the director of... Jennifer's Body. You got it. Jennifer's Body, which is one of those movies I really like. I don't know why. I Megan get it. Fox. I get the humor of it. 
No, it has nothing to do with Fox. Dude, you don't get a lie. She's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't even think. She, uh, you, you can be. Gay. I'm not against gay people. It's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, like, I don't, I don't know. I like Jennifer's body a lot, but this movie is so much different than that. It's in a class of its own. It's a separate movie than that. Did you guys? What did you guys think of it? I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, evenly paced. And not right. only that, but I'm a sucker for good cinematography, and it had nothing but that. And uh, I want to give credit to Bobby Shore. I okay. Mean, he did an amazing job. Which one was Bobby Shore? He was a cinematographer. He wasn't okay. in the, Yeah. And he's actually won awards. I mean, he won the Canadian Screen Award for Best Achievement in Cinematography. I'm not sure for what film that was. Okay. I would like to guess it was a Invitation, because it was Dude. in 2015 when he did win it. The pacing, the acting, the direction, everything in that movie was, I think, really spot on. What it did was. you think, Mike? Uh, I didn't really like it. <laughs> no. I, well, I thought tell it, me why. Well, well, everybody's uh, going to like something. Uh, I thought it was very pretentious. Sure. And uh, I, I, Why did you feel it's pretentious, first of all? Well, uh, okay, here's a good example. You look at somebody like Aronofsky and his, his direction style. Very pretentious. His, his, well, his early stuff wasn't, but his later stuff is. Right. This, yeah, this, like the tree or whatever. There, the yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like this was a movie that was trying to do his type of thing, and I felt really? it very very forced. I didn't feel it was, like, theological or... Deep. No, no, no. I'm just saying visually. Like, with the the flashes and stuff and the, the really? style of... Yeah, it, it just felt very forced. Like, I felt like it was a student film that somebody had a lot of money. That somebody gave a student a lot of money to make a film... That's interesting, yeah. man. I never got that vibe. I never thought of uh, any of his Darren Aronofsky's films whatsoever in this. I got more of a hint of like. Well, I'm 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 speaking of Aronofsky because uh, I don't know how to explain it because you know how his, he he doesn't he's not this very like uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of flash stuff, a lot of uh, uh, flashbacks, sure. and flash forwards, and a lot of a lot of stuff cut in between. And I, saw I didn't a lot even of, really pay attention to that. I saw a lot of stuff in this film. Okay. And uh, God, what else did I have a problem with? Well, though? there was a lot of like shots of the mouths and like hands and like fidgety stuff that people to show like uncomfortableness, the like, human condition. Yeah, like the much, kind yeah. of like how people reacted to things, which I thought was kind of tastefully done. Oh, yeah. it, it it could be like just for me, like it felt very, eh. Really? Yeah. Before we go too deep into this, let me at least read the plot to everybody okay. so they kind of know what it is. Essentially, this is a movie where it's a guest. It's like a like a house party, not a house party because that sounds like a big. gathering of like yeah. a, a like a like dinner the, there, party. There's there right. no kid in play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, while attending a dinner party at his former home, a man thinks his ex-wife and her her new husband have sinister intentions for their guests. And that's pretty much all it really tells you. But they get there and things start to unravel and you don't know. There's something off, but you don't know who's off. Right. Like everything yeah. feels I, off. I, I, I knew it from square one, dude. It was so obvious. Really? Yeah. It, I it, didn't. Uh, yeah. It's, it, and the, the, th the other thing too, there's a lot of things I had problems with it. Like uh, I didn't care about the main character. The guy, the, his. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why? Why do I actually care about these people? It was a little confusing as to what was really happening, and they kind of well, like. I, I just mean like I didn't. I I'm like I don't care if they die. Let them die. Why the fuck do I care? Like I just didn't have any feelings towards them. And the other, there was a couple things too. Like I didn't count the bullets, but at one point, you get the, spoiler, 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 where the the one guy winds up with a revolver. Right. And you, generally, you have six 
they can change chamber six rounds. Right. I swear to God, he fired more than six. And I don't know for sure. I didn't count, but it felt like he did. Hmm. And like they're like, we got to get out of the house, but how do we get out? Oh, all the doors are locked. Well, you don't lock doors from the inside. You lock them from the outside. And if they are locked from the outside, you can unlock them from the inside. So if they are locked... But they switch the locks around. I that was a thing. I don't remember that. We switched them from, like, reverse. They, they, oh. yeah, they, they switched it because that. he was like, remember, there was a part where he was sitting on the stairs, and he locks the door from the inside with a key. Oh, if that's the case, and I missed that, yeah. and, that and that's good, that's good. Yeah, so because he that, locked yeah, it from cool. the inside, that's cool. That's cool. and he caught the guy doing it. So the guy who lives in the house with the guy's ex-wife, because apparently, you know, the main character, his, his ex-wife... Is the one that is in the house with this new guy, okay, who is a record producer and apparently hooked up with her after they oh, right. basically lost their child. They were having a birthday party for their kid when they were together, and one of the kids swings to hit the ball and hits their child in the head with oh, the baseball yeah. bat, yeah, and it kills him. And they deal with all this grief. She tries to kill herself. And he goes back, like, I think a year or two later, I think it was. And now she's, like, all better. And he's still dealing with the pain. So he doesn't understand why she's getting over it and he's not. Right. And he starts to sense something's off. For one, him being in that house again where his son died yeah. is too much for him. So you start to wonder if he's going to kill everybody. Well, not to mention the cocksucker that's now in his house with his wife. Well, yeah, but they met afterwards. It's not even a big deal. But they kind of lead up to him being kind of crazy. So you don't know whether he's just being overreacting right. throughout the whole movie or there's some legitimacy to the weirdness because there's some weirdness that really does happen. In fact, one of the parts that you were talking about, that one actor that comes in. What oh, you, yeah. What was I, he I, in? I, re- uh, I really like the guy. He was in a... He's been in a lot of stuff, but if, I remember... Oh, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, he, I remember him specifically from American Horror Story uh, Hotel. Right. Because he played John Wayne Gacy. Right. Sitting at the table with fucking... Oh, they talk about John Wayne Gacy in that? In the, the hotel one, yeah. Whenever I see the guy, I just think like, oh, you're fucking John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> yeah. Because he looks like a fucking child. But yeah, he does a really good role in this. In this, He's like, he plays the creepy guy that nobody knows. Because everybody pretty much knows everyone there. They all like kind of been friends. Oh, you're talking about Stedman. No, Pruitt. That's his name in this in the story. The, the larger dude with the, the bald head. Who was yeah, really... yeah, but he was Stedman in Walking Dead. I'm sorry, I didn't know his real. Oh yeah, yeah, he was the. Was he? Yeah, he was Stedman. Okay, well, whatever. He plays creepy as fuck in this. In <laughs> oh this yeah, fucking movie. I totally <laughs> what he's billed as. Yeah, creepy as fuck. <laughs> like he's the guy that comes up and he's like ultra nice and like super prop- proper, and then all of a sudden he's like telling the story about how he beat the shit out of his wife, and everybody's like reeling in horror. Like, wait, you killed your wife? Right. And he's like, I feel better now. I feel like a better person. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, dude? I don't know. Like, you didn't like it. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't it. think it's an amateur <clears throat> attempt at all. Well, it. There's there's like we're going to talk about Pontypool later. There's there's elements that it shared with Pontypool that I really, really like. It's just I liked Pontypool a lot better than I did like the invitation. Right. Cause, well, because uh, the other thing I didn't like and this is something I was thinking about earlier, like one of the things I did not like about. Uh, the invitation was the acting. Okay, I felt like it was very really. Still- I I felt I really it was- enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that bad. I no. thought it was like eight point five nine. <clears throat> well, th- this is this is my my rationale. I felt that it was very stilted, very cardboard, very fake. I didn't buy it. But then again, that may have been the point. 
Uh, because if these people are involved with this cult or whatever it was, and they're they're lying to begin with, like the guy we we're just speaking of, then maybe he would be kind of fake because he's kind of brainwashed and. Well, they were all on pills too. Yeah, so maybe that's to the sedate point. themselves. Yeah, because that's that's what I'm getting at. I mean, because because uh, well, I don't want to get into Pony Pill too much, but Pony Pill felt realistic to me. Right. Given it was kind of a fantasy, you know, sure. story. Well, there's way better tension in Pontypool versus Invitation. Yeah. But I still think for what Invitation is and what how little it had, and and the amount of dialogue that they have between each other, can you imagine trying to direct that many people into this huge scene dialogue? Yeah. Right. Like she did a really amazing job to me, and I think I think that she's she's a, as a, a director that I think will get better as she goes. She's definitely someone to look out for. I really think so. She's got another movie coming out called XX. It's like a mouth. It's like a it's like a kiss, like with lipstick. She's trying to push the women uh, side of direction. So she, I mean, she did Aeon Flux um, before this, but wasn't really in her creative control. Whereas Invitation, totally writing and directing creative control all the way for her. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I still like. I could, I could talk for hours the problems I have with it, but like a, I don't know. The, the, the main character felt like such a pussy. Like when shit went down, and he's trying to help his wife or his like new wife. Like, why don't you just the minute the minute the shit went down with the uh, the the wine, right? I would have just got up and said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here." Just wind out the front door. Like, oh, the doors are locked. Why well, would have busted them down? You know, and eh. I, well, it's like I think we're divulging too much of the movie now. Oh, I know. But I don't for, think it matters. Like, you know what? If you guys haven't seen this movie, it's not a movie that you wash dishes or do other things with. You need to sit you down, lock in and kind of focus because the real subtle points that are in the movie it is it's it's important that you go for the ride on this one. It's not necessarily a deep philosophical movie. It's really just the intricacy of the emotions, the dialogue, and how the people express certain things at certain times, the in my opinion. Condition. Yeah, like, it, well, human condition is just experiencing life through some sort of thing. But to feel the human reaction of these characters and how it makes you feel uncomfortable, because it feels really no, it, uncomfortable. It, it didn't feel uncomfortable for me whatsoever. I, it did for me, man. Same here. And the other thing for me watching it, like, when I'm watching it going like, when the fuck is something going to happen? Where's something going to happen? Please, something happen. And then by the time something happened, I'm like, really? This is it? Like, what's... Come on. Come on. Something happened. Well, <laughs> I think you were just looking for the money shots when it wasn't about the money shots. Yeah, I think it's more about, like, the subtleties. Like, right. it really is, to me, just because I feel like how subtle the, some of the acting was, I thought... I mean, it's not 100%. It's like a 90, maybe 85%, like, good like everything wasn't perfect but the way that it made me feel uncomfortable in certain aspects of of while I was watching it I think did a really good job. It didn't make me feel as intense as like something like Pontypool but it still deserves some credit and I probably would give it like an 8.5 oh, or a Yeah, nine. no, and there, there's definitely some positive stuff to it. I didn't want to bring up quite yet cuz we haven't talked about Pontypool. Well, don't bring it up. Yeah, okay, I'll bring it up, that. but there, there is some really cool stuff that it did. Okay. I'm I'm just ragging on the negative stuff now because we haven't got to Pontypool, but once we do get to Pontypool Okay. I think you'll get it. All right. Well, there is another movie that me and Pat watched. Um, that, 13 Sins, right? Yeah, 13 Sins, which uh, I think is actually pretty... I know you didn't get a chance to watch this, No, but Mike. it's good. I'm going to check it out. Uh, it is definitely... It's based off a movie called 13 Beloved. 
and it's a Thai film. It is actually pretty good. It is a little more in your face than the movies, than like Invitation. So like a series of events happen. It was directed by Daniel Stom and uh, Mark Weber, who's been in quite a few movies, not big roles. He wasn't the main role, but he's actually does a pretty decent job. Like he plays this downtrodden guy down on his luck, about to have a baby and get married. And he thinks he's getting a promotion at his job. But when he goes in, you find out that he's getting fired. So he has to move his special needs brother into his old government-funded facility, which his brother objects about. Does he have autism? He, like, he's autistic. He has to move his brother into, like, a government-funded facility and move his racist father into his house, which he's he's marrying a, a black woman. But his father's, like like, unyielding, like, racist. But basically, back to what Mark Weber, uh, his character that he plays, this this downtrodden guy, after he moves into his his racist father into the house and stuff like that, but his life is basically falling apart until he gets a call from Angus Scrim, by the way, who plays the voice. So that must have been his last film before he died. Probably, yeah. yeah. But Angus Scrim, it used to be, and the funny thing is, if you watch the outtakes and the like parts that they cut out. Angus Scrim wasn't the voice. It was like this English guy. Hello, we're talking like this. You've got a special game to play. Oh, and it's like yes. It was like really weird. Angus Scrim, perfect. Because he plays, he does the role really well. You never see him. He's only this guy on the phone. But anyway, Angus Scrim gives him a call on the phone. It's not Angus Scrim, obviously. Right. It's essentially the devil. You, you don't really know. But he calls him up and he tells him to kill a fly in his car. And this guy, he's like, hey, if you kill a fly, you have been entered into a contest. And if you kill this fly, you will prove that you are not a little piece of shit that you are. And I will deposit $1,000 into your bank account if you kill the fly now. And so he kills the fly. And it's like cha-ching on his phone. And it shows that he won like $1,000. Oh, shit. Then... The, the the guy on the phone's like, okay, uh, it's time for you to eat the fly. So he goes home, he eats the fly. Well, no, he checks his bank account first to make sure it's legit. Sure, but all the money goes in, so it's right. in there. But he eats the fly and he gets an additional 5000 So now he's got like six grand in his fucking account. And this is a guy that is about to get married literally that weekend. And he's trying to save and like pay for money. He just got fired, has a baby on the way, all this crazy shit. So he's like trying to make some money. Right. And he's trying to do whatever he can, but it seems kind of harmless at first. Right. Essentially, there's 13 things that he has to do. Task. In order to win the game. Okay. They get so progressively worse. Some of them are super uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable. Um, I think at one point he has to deal with a dead dude. And he has to bring him for a cup of coffee. For a cup of coffee. So he has to drag this dead body to get a <laughs> cup of coffee. And there, and this scene is just crazy. Like, it is really intense. And it kind of seemed like a, like a purge kind of feel to it. Because, like, the people who are calling him seem like they're, like, people who are in power. Corporate fat cats, maybe. Or... It seems more uh, theological. Like, God, devil shit 
Well, because it's 13 sins. Right. So I think it has to do with the devil because they could tell there was a fly in his car. There's no microphone or phone or or camera that could pick that up. Correct. So it is him swatting around. They could have saw him on the cameras that they were watching him through swatting around in his car. Mm, I really think it's it was the devil. All right, he wants to take it that route. Satan. It was Satan. I don't know. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I really think it is. But it, like, it's something that you really need to go. I think it's a good movie. I think it's at least an eight. It at sounds, least. It sounds cool. It's based off the Thirteen mm. Beloved, which I have not seen, so I apologize. I wanted to try to watch it in the time I had, but we had Thanksgiving over this week. The only negative I have to say about this film is that I just wish that Ron Perlman maybe got a little bit more screen time. Oh, he was uh, promo was in it. Yeah, yes. oh, and he did a really good job. He did. He's awesome, dude. He plays a really good role, and it. Uh, I think that him and the director had some issues a little bit. You mm. think that's why he got shipped for screen time? Uh no, I don't think that at all. I think that was just his character. Yeah, but I think that La or Stom is the kind of director that is very specific, and some people can go along with that type of director. And others are like, I'm really good, so you need to just listen to me, director. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, because this was a smaller film for fucking Ron Perlman. But, you, I, like, I watched the behind the scenes, and he was classy about it, but I could tell that there was a little bit of... It seemed like, to me, that there was some issues between him and the director. Right. Because everybody was had these glowing things to say about him, all these startup actors and actresses. But except for him. <laughs> the end is pretty awesome. It's a, it's not perfect. There is one scene in the movie, and you may not want to listen to this part, Mike. Let's yeah, you might it. want to. Uh, just close your ears for a second there, Mike. Do you remember the part where the motorcyclists get I was going to say that was my favorite. Oh, dude, you, you said it. You that said is an amazing thing. It is an amazing. That's why I kind of wanted to save it for you guys, the listeners, to find out for yourself. Whatever. Just watch the fucking scene. movie. Anyway, Mike, you can listen. Cool. All right. Yeah. I, I, hell. You did, you did, hell. He, see, listeners, he, he gives a fuck about Mike, but you, nothing. Well, <laughs> I think they kind of know that if we're going to be talking about movies that, you know, whatever. We don't try to ruin too much. You're still going to get the vibe of the movie, and I think it's a good movie to eight, put in there. Eight, yeah. I think it's at least an 8. It's definitely a movie that I will 8. rewatch. 5. At least. I think 8.5 is a good number. Right. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, just based on your description, it sounds like it uh, has like this Twilight Zone vibe to it. It kind of does. It's different. It is based off the the original, which I have not seen, and maybe we'll do that for like a another episode or something like that as a retrospect. Right. So... But uh, other than that, there is a uh, couple other movies that we did decide to watch. Oh, th- Mike watched one that we, we talked about last episode, so it's, it's going to be interesting to hear what you think about oh, this. Oh, yeah. What movie uh, did you watch? Don't Breathe. Right. You know, honestly, it's, uh, it actually wasn't bad. I mean, it, uh, it shares some similar elements to Pineapple and The Invitation. Right. And I'll save that again until we talk about Pineapple. Yeah, don't get into it. Yeah. But it, it does this kind of thing that, like, because I've done some film work myself. And there's some shit that's really difficult to do. Okay. And uh, Don't Breathe did it, Pontypool did it, and The Invitation did it. So regardless of what criticism I have for any of the films, I give them mad respect for being able to do, which is very difficult. Sure. And I'll I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Uh, But Don't Breathe actually wasn't bad. Right. I had some cool stuff to it. It was kind of an absurd premise to some degree, but I still had fun watching it. 
And Fede Alvarez did the movie, which yeah. we talked about. Uh, he did Evil Dead before this, if you didn't catch the last episode. but Oh, oh you were talking about it in the news, possibly. He's thinking about Raimi's saying that he's going to do a sequel to right. Don't Breathe. And he's, like, super excited. I, I, I Basically, right now, I think San, Raimi and Fede Alvarez are, like, big buddies. Yeah, like, they're they're banging each other, guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're they're big buddies now, and yeah. Sam Raimi's really trying to prop them up, kind of like how Robert Rodriguez kind of propped up Eli Roth. Oh, I thought it was a uh, uh, Tarantino propped up uh, Eli Robert Roth. Rodriguez. Well, yeah, uh, Tarantino propped up Roth first, uh, Rodriguez, then Roth. I thought it was I thought Robert Rodriguez propped up Eli Roth, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Either way, either there's, way, it, there's it, clearly yeah, some yeah. talent there. Yeah, yeah. That maybe you don't see every day. Fetty, I'm not trying to like disappoint him, but what would you think about the sequel? We talked about this last episode, but I want to know what you think. Uh, it's completely not necessary. Right. We, we don't. We don't need it. it. The film worked perfectly fine as is. Right. I liked it. Uh, making a sequel is just gratuitous and pointless. Uh, I mean, you can do it, and I might watch it if they have it. Right. But you don't need to yank my dick like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's uh, like the it, fourth Saw movie or something. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Well, the, the movie that's worked. okay though. That has a premise that you can build on and do whatever with. But this one, it's like, come on, dude. It was just fine for what it was. I don't think I'm. I'm gonna make a call and think that I want to be proved wrong. But I think it's gonna do worse than the first movie. Yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion. I would totally agree with that. And as far as Fede Alvarez is as a director, he's like the young hotshot now. Yeah, he could potentially be a new master of horror in the future and i think what he needs to focus on is several different ideas yeah kind of like james wan is doing although james is not very different from his other movies he's doing a lot of very similar ghost style right but i think fede alvarez could be one of those ones that could potentially have like a whole catalog of movies yeah you know what i mean like you said not, not just like make the the evil Dead remake and right. then jump into a franchise right like it seems too soon yeah like, I feel like he needs to, like, get more cult movies out there. And I think he has the potential to it. Like, he's got some decent direction. I mean... Right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had that... Uh, I don't know what you call it, but, like, we have all these films from the 80s and the 70s that had the same kind of aesthetic feel to them. You know, we had the slasher flicks, the exploitation flicks. Right. But uh, this guy is part of the new, like, style of filmmaking. What did you think of the end scene? Oh, the very, very, very The turkey scene? baster scene. Oh, that was fucking phenomenal! <laughs> like Laura almost threw up <laughs> because it, it doesn't. It, Wait, it, why would she throw want to throw up? Well, dude, it shows the sequence of like the 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 jizz and the turkey baster, and there's like hairs floating in it and shit. And, and she was like, "Walk, walk, walk!" Just getting the hair caught in the back of your throat, uh-huh. you know. It was pretty funny. I'm hungry yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got them cheeseburgers out there. Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. But no, it was a. Uh, it, it's a. Uh, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's a uh, for modern horror films because most modern horror films suck dick. I was. Uh, I had a good time. It suck to me. It just sucks that you know with his rising star that he's having right now. Yeah, that he's going to be doing a franchise thing. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, so now I guess it's time that we're going to bring it to our crown jewel Ooh. of the of uh. the topic of killer Ooh. thriller killers. And one of the one of the big movies, and this is, we know that there's plenty of other thriller killers out there, and I'm just gonna always say this in every episode. 
These are just ones that we wanted to talk about, guys. There's plenty of other thriller movies out there that maybe you might like, and please suggest them to this. But these all kind of had a very similar tone to them, and we wanted to pick them. But our, our topic, our main movie that we all kind of agree on to some degree is Pontypool. And um, well, I think I spent a lot of time on this movie. I watched the movie. I listened to the commentary. I read some of the book. I read up to like six chapters of the book. I, uh, I, I did a lot of research on this shit. So it was written by Tony Burgess, who did the book. Okay. And he did the screenplay? And he did the screenplay. He worked directly with director Bruce McDonald. Oh, cool. They're actually pretty good buddies. Like when you listen to the commentary... It's pretty funny. Like, they even take a phone call <laughs> in the middle of it. Like, they're like, hey, you're on the commentary. Uh, but I'll get into the more details about that. But director Bruce McDonald, he also did the movie called Hellions. Uh, he's done some other stuff, too. But they're a good team. They're like that director-writer team right? that you always find in, in a lot of horror movies. To talk about the story, it's a story about a shock rock DJ by the name of Grant Mazzy. Who was played by none other than Stephen McHattie. Who was also in Little Bit Zombie. Little Bit Zombie. He was the zombie hunter. Yeah. But basically, he's fired from an older radio gig, and he can't get work now. And he's trying to get more work, but he gets stuck in this podunk town in the middle of Canada. Pontypool. Called Pontypool. <laughs> Reports start to come in as he's at work, and he's like very sarcastic and disgruntled about being at this job, uh, which... Or well, the character Grant Mazzy is amazing, which Stephen McHattie plays perfect. Like I can't even imagine anybody else. Dude, his his radio voice is perfect, man. You know, like I wish I could get my voice like that. It's, right. it's a legit radio voice. It just Dude. sounds like that's what he does. Yeah, he did an amazing job. But but reports start to come in. People are losing their minds and start attacking one another. Essentially, this is a zombie movie. But go ahead, Pat. What did you think? I really liked it. Uh, it's very atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. And then it had great music, great acting. Right. Um, there was never a point in the movie where I was just like, all right, this is dragging. It just had it a never nice, plateaued. Right. It just had a nice flow to it. it. It just felt like it's like story, story, build, 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 build. Like right. it, it didn't like take a break and plateau off. It just built the whole time mm -hmm. and did such an Orwellian style version of War of the Worlds in a way. That's um, interesting you say that. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mike? What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, like I said, one of the things I wanted to bring up, but in regards to please do, in regards to uh, Pontypool, the invitation, and uh, don't breathe. Uh huh. It's whenever I'm sitting around trying to think of an idea for a new film mm -hmm. or a new project to work on, I usually whoever I'm working with, I'm I'm like, okay, what kind of film can I make where I have a handful of people in one location? No special effects right. and have suspense and make it work. Right. And then it's it's us banging our heads against the wall for like weeks and not figuring it out. And each one of those films, that's what they did. Right. So so even though I may not have liked the invitation 100%, I give the, the people behind the film huge respect. Yeah, because it's hard to do. Well, yeah. For, for being able to take a handful of people, put them in one location and have that kind of suspense and everything and make it work. Same thing with uh, like Pontypool. They, they did it to me even, even better because it was even less people right. in, in right. even smaller location. Right. And I'm like, that's fucking phenomenal, man. I think it's one of the most underrated uh, independent films ever made. Yeah. Pl not only that, but like, it's the first time I've seen, a, a, what is it called? Uh, Neurolinguistic programming. 
Oh, in a okay, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that's what the film was about. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It's it's lang. It's it is probably one of the most clever ways to describe. Like it is the most intelligent version of a zombie movie ever. Yeah, probably, like it is yeah. so different. Like there is no other movie like it. Yeah, and it's uh, which is cool because zombie shit has been done to death. Right. So to see a different flavor of it, done in a different way, a little more intelligent way, and like you said, you mentioned War of the Worlds. Like I mentioned in the uh, the messages I sent to you, right, via Facebook. I mean, this could easily have been a radio drama, and it was technically. Oh, it was. Originally, when they were doing the idea, they came up with the idea, they were inspired. Well, first of all, let me take it back. Tony Burgess, who is the writer of the book called Pontypool, which is really just a mishmash of ideas. They don't all flow together perfectly. Like each chapter kind of jumps a little bit because this is really kind of a like, I don't want to say rough draft because that just sounds bad. Because it's really well written and really well written out. Okay. So he put a lot of thought into it. For like a story web sort of idea and an elongated version of a story web. So instead of having a little circle with the minimal idea in it, he wrote a chapter. Do you know what I mean? And if you guys aren't sure what a story web is, you have one topic in the middle and every branch is like a new leg of a spider web is like a new story. And he wrote like, yeah, (laughs) I'm doing like a spider dance. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's uh, the book is the reason that the story idea came up for the movie or for the book, even before it was going to be a movie was because Tony Burgess was actually on his way to do a photo shoot for his movie or for his books. Hmm. And he was going to do this like rice pond, beautiful, like sunset type picture that they were going to put on the back of his books so that he could have this like cool thing. Right. Well, the sun started going down early and he wasn't able to get there in time. So they pulled over on this side podunk town called Pontypool and they took a picture and he was like, well, I think Pontypool deserves a book. So he, and he noticed in the name, it said typo T Y P O. And he started thinking about that. Like, Small town, typo, what could he come up with a concept where words would be like this virus? So he came up with that idea. And I forget what word we were talking about, why I got to this point. Wait, what are you saying? You were saying that you really liked the concept because of something. Oh, uh, uh, neuro-linguistic programming? There you go. Okay. So essentially the words are infected. Yeah. And we don't know where the virus is coming from, but certain words have an infection attached to it. So it's like this brain virus, which is pretty interesting. Like, I think it's really interesting that way. So, but that's just like a little story about it. Yeah. And like when I brought up that concept, uh, Grant, don't quote me because I've done much research, research on it, but mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's something that the, our government put a lot of money into in the, like, the 70s. Okay. The idea that you can reprogram someone's brain based on what you're saying to them. Okay. I don't want to say it's down the MK Ultra realm. But it's in that same wheelhouse. Yeah, okay. So that's why I kind of dug it. Plus there's this other book I read called uh, Snow Crash by this guy, Neil Stevenson, that deals with a lot of that kind of stuff. So the minute I saw them doing it in this movie, I was like, oh, shit, Snow Crash. Okay. You know, and it, it really fucking hit home. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily brainwashing. It's, it, it's, it's like the brainwashing has a life of its own. Right. Right. So but it's it, not like originating from a specific <clears throat> thing, but literally life being created from language. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little different, but yeah, in, in the same wheelhouse, like you're kind of saying. I was just going to ask you guys what, you get, what your favorite scene was in the movie, or your favorite 
Well, a little tidbit. Um, I mean, there's so many. I, I really just love the movie as a whole. Well, me too. Yeah, I'm with it. But there wasn't one thing that just kind of stuck out. I mean, here. there's there's like... so many parts in it that are so great, and I really don't want to ruin it. Right. In a way, I mean, like, I feel like we should maybe get on that a little later, because there is so much story to this, dude. I read the book recently, and or some of the book anyway. You were saying, yeah, there was a lot of Easter eggs in it. There's well, the cool thing about the fucking commentary behind the movie is that the director Bruce McDonald and Tony Burgess the writer decided that they were instead of just talking about the movie and I didn't know this I never listened to the commentary they decided they were going to talk about the second and the third movie in the middle of the commentary of the first movie so they actually give us a glance into where this movie is headed wow and, and is there any plans for them to come out with another movie? I mean they came out with a poster um I think it was like 2008 or 9 or it was like a year after the first movie came out they had a picture of all these crows carrying ears it was like everybody got really super excited about it and then it just disappeared uh-huh. but like we've talked about in many other any other casts a lot of times when when you see a poster like that pop up it's to stimulate people's interest yeah to kind of see where they to gauge where their interest is exactly yeah. and to kind of pitch an idea like friday the 13th right they didn't know what the fucking movie was going to be about they just showed friday the 13th breaking through glass right and because of that picture somebody got the creative bug in their head and thought well let's make a fucking you know movie so i don't want to ruin anything but there was a favorite scene of mine maybe okay. it, it stood out to me maybe okay. it wasn't my favorite scene but it stood out um there's a point where they have to leave the sound booth, but they've been barricaded in pretty much oh, yeah. the whole movie. Okay. And they're, um, I forget where they're going, but they end up coming down this hallway. The girl's in front of uh, Grant, and she turns around. She sees the girl behind the desk that they didn't notice was there, who's infected. Oh, and yeah, she, the little they're girl. Trying, remember, they're trying to speak French because they said the English word, or the English language, language. was the only language was the that was in a, infected. Right. Was a carrier, yeah. And she says... Grant, run. Grant, or run, Grant, run. Okay. And then the, the girl starts repeating what she said. Cause run, that's what Grant, these run. Creatures run, Grant, run. And then it turns into red rum. Red rum. Really? It does. I and didn't I, catch that. Watch it again. And that's the part that was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is... It's really, That's why I'm saying it's really hard for me to, to pick a favorite part. Because really, all of it to me is... I mean, I not to try to like sound like I'm jerking off. Right. But, but it, literally, this movie is kind of poetry to me. Like, everything has its place. And every moment that it just builds and builds and builds, and it all has its, like, things start to get weirder and weirder and weirder. And you start to get this news coming in. And it's very much like Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Right. It builds and builds and builds and builds until people are losing their minds. And the original concept was literally for them to just do a radio play huh with like the the waveform while he's talking oh really just yeah over it that's what they were originally going to do and if you guys buy the dvd if you're fortunate enough to be able to find a copy of this movie um you can actually listen to the original radio thing i didn't have time to listen to the whole radio thing i mean i spent you know probably like six hours on this movie (laughs) So I felt that was enough. But anyway, I just, I don't know. It's really the building of it. I think one of the parts that I liked the most was probably where the Laurel, Loran, who is like the station tech. 
Oh, yeah. She starts to lose it. And she forgets because people, what essentially what happens, guys, the first symptom, there are three stages to the virus. And this, I'm reading this from what uh, Tony Burgess says. The first stage is you might begin to repeat a word. So you'll be like, yeah, because I really like, like, like this, like, 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 why don't I just, I like, 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 and they start to repeat. Then the second it's usually words of uh, terms of endearment. So sweetheart, honey, baby, sweetheart, you know, anything like huh. that. So it infects your brain. Second stage is your language becomes scrambled and you can't express yourself properly. So you start not being able to talk properly. You start like getting your words messed up. And Laurel Ann. Aphasia? <laughs> what? Is that, isn't this called aphasia? Oh, I've heard that before. Where you, you No, you, that's that's when you picture something that you think you see something. No, I, I the what I think aphasia. I think that's what it's called. We're like, like I'm looking at the mixer right now, but when I see the mixer, I'm like oranges, oranges, oranges. Kind of like that. But it's it's a mixer. But I the words get mixed in my head. I thought aphasia was like what they use in paranormal. Don't they have stuff. a cream for that? You're thinking about paradelia. Paradelia. That's right. Yeah. My bad. But I'm pretty sure aphasia is like a. a Neurological disorder where you injure your head and you get words mixed up. So it is technically that then. Similar, similar. Okay. Third stage, you become so distraught at your condition because you can't speak that the only way out of the situation that you feel as an infected person now, because you're now infected, um, is to try to chew your way through the mouth of another person, <laughs> like physically. So, so like you make out really hard. Oh, I remember. they describe it in the in one of the broadcasts, right? Where he's talking to the news reporter, the helicopter guy. What? That someone's actually trying. To... Ken Lomi in yeah. the Sunshine Chopper, right? <laughs> but it's really a car. Ken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just sits up on top of a hill and shit. Yeah. Looks at the town. I hear the there's a tiny baby's voice coming from Mrs. Figgles. But there's big that... son. Right. But there's that point where he's like, they're, it's like they're trying to get inside the people that they're killing. Yeah, they're That's trying a, to get in their mouth to get back into their safe spot. Right. Because they're kind of on their own. They're the the, the infection is trying to find a a way out, I guess, or a way back. And uh, that's why it's like, it's not necessarily, it, it's all audio. So like they hear something, so they go after it because they're trying to be a part of their thing. I don't know. It's kind of deep. Right. But like I said, there was a plan to make a trilogy for this movie. Damn, dude. And I don't know why it never surfaced, because I honestly think that it's a really great... The first one is really great. And some people are like, oh, that's a tame movie. It's not really gory. But Which I don't think it needed to be. No, no. dude. it's Conceptually, it didn't need to be gory at all. No. It was and the like, gore that was in it was decent. And this movie's got like a 7.2 on like Rotten Tomatoes. Damn, dude. You know what? I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore. Well, I don't trust critics in general. <laughs> like, find somebody that you like or that you, for the most part, agree with. Like, right. 70% of the time. And, you know, try take their word for it and you'll figure out. Because everybody has, like, an attachment to whatever it is that they're interested in. But for this movie, I really, it just, I've watched this movie 10 fucking times. And every time I watch it, I get that feeling of, un, like, discontent. And, like, that thrill, like, every time. And there's something to be said about that. Oh, for sure. It has to be in my top five or ten. Has to be. 
Well, how many times have you watched it now? Ten times. Ten times. Yeah. And I've it's all, still... It like three times, maybe. Like, I know the whole story throughout and through. I know some of the, like, the catchphrases and things that they say. Uh, what was the, what was the loop that they used? Who was alive? Oh, Sydney Breyer Sydney is, Breyer is alive. <laughs> Sydney Breyer is alive. And they, they throw their voice or whatever. Right. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but if you guys get a chance, watch this. To kind of give you guys that have seen this a little bit of uh, extra tidbits that I caught in the commentary. Nipple bits. <laughs> Nipple bits. They really wanted to make it, the sequels, gory as fuck. And, like, do some very creative new things. I don't think it needs it. I don't know. Like, I'm open to it. because they did I'm what... open to it, but I just hope it's not, like, a gore fest where it's like they're just no, focusing on... Oh, I know, there's going to be... Like, how far can they go past the line? I mean, he's the guy that came up with the concept. Right. So, I mean, he's he's not just abandoning that. Right. He's just adding a level of gore to that because he wanted to... He really loves horror. Like, Tony is a big fan of horror, and so is Bruce. Well, I'm still kind of the person that's like, I like, leave it to your own imagination. Let it run wild with itself. Sure, and that's that's a good point. Like, I don't know if it'll ruin the feel of it. I don't think the second or the third movie is ever going to be the first movie. Right. Because the ideology, the mystery, the, the concept are all really fucking unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the only thing the sequel's going to have going for it is the same guy making it. No. Oh, he's a different guy? Wait, what do you mean? Well, I thought you said, unless I, I miss him. Bruce but... McDonald and Tony Burgess are going to be, Tony Burgess is going to write it. They've already wrote part two and three already. Oh, okay. They already I, wrote it. I thought the guys that worked on the first one, right? Yeah. Okay, then, then I would have, it may not be good based on what you're saying. But I'd give him a shot. I think so too. But like I'm open. I don't want to course. shoot it down because I'm not looking. I'm looking at it as a stage two. Right. So it's going to be different than the first. I'm not expecting it to be like the first at all. I just want to see where it goes second. And from what they said, that the second one would deal with it would be more distasteful and more perverse. That's what they said, quote unquote. <laughs> they even put out a. They wanted to make it basically about people listening to Grant Mazzy. So it wasn't a sequel. It was an equal, is what they called oh, it. Oh, like taking place during the same time frame? Exact same oh, time, interesting, same interesting. day, only they're listening to Grant Mazzy. They're all fans. And it's like a concept about this less character who is like a, uh, I don't want to say, I think he's a cop because in the book he was, I think. But... He's basically, no, he's not a cop. He's involved with the cops somehow. Because they talk about the cops in it right. a little bit. And how they're alcoholics and right. that. Right. And he's part of that story. He's like, he falls in love with this woman named Helen who is married to this cop. Right. And Les moves into the, to the um, he's kind of a drunk guy who moves into the secondary house that they own on the same property. And he's supposed to help with like the farm. And Les falls in love with the, the farmer's wife, who is a cop. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But in the book, they do that, too. Um, a little bit. They don't really describe why he's in love with her, but he's in love with her. I just love when movies do that kind of thing, though. Like with uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, where they tell the story about the guy in the gun shop across the street from them. And right. Like oh, yeah. Was a, well, they had that the as remake. A, You're talking about the remake, right? Yeah, he's talking yeah. about and the additional features. Okay. Where they had the like guy had a video camera and he was like it was his story, so it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, part two would definitely deal with less. It centralizes around the cop and his wife Helen. 
Les, who is the main star in the book. So the book technically is kind of like part two. Oh, really? In a lot of ways. Okay. So this... this Is it the same title, though? Is it called Pontypool? Well, the book is called Pontypool Changes Everything. Okay. The sequel, or equal, was supposed to be... Well, the first one's called Pontypool. Second one was going to be called Changes. Pontypool Changes. Third one was supposed to be called Pontypool Changes Everything. Right. So it was like this, you know, the second movie was supposed to take place while the first one was happening outside of the radio station but you would still get it and they even they said that they may even bring mazzy grant mazzy into like the third one that'd be for some weird existential type thing right because the second one is dealing with the people who are starting to get infected a little bit more instead of the grant mazzy story part three however would deal with the what a zombie feels so people who are infected by the word the virus yeah and Basically, Les gets infected, but he somehow survives this ordeal. They have, like, weather stations that are reporting uh, language like the weather. Hmm. So, these are the words that are infected today. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have highs of, don't say this word and this word. How would you be able to say the world without getting infected yourself? Well, I don't know. Maybe they say it in French or something. Oh, Oh, Good point. Because that's what they do in the movie. They right. say that the English language is infected. They put ball gags in the people's mouths, mouths to keep the mouses. yeah mouths. I'm sorry, I'm a little drunk. <laughs> um, they put the they ball gags in their mouths to keep the the virus at bay. Um, the virus does mutate though, so it has a little bit more than it did in the first two movies. And people have weird quirks that they didn't have before, like maybe someone was right-handed before. But got infected and now they are like left-handed. Hmm. So there's like these weird little changes in their personality. Then they take uh, busloads of these fucking mutated uh, or virus-infected people. These people get super hypersexualized. So there's a very heavy sexual element in the third film. <laughs> so uh, like nurses are like highly sexual with their patients, right. and it's just kind of a normal thing, like because everybody's been infected somehow. So, but they're trying to keep everything at bay, but um, they try to retrain them into these like rehabilitation centers and like a gymnasium that they turn into a nurse and hospital thing. But they basically put the uh, put the less character that I've been talking about, yeah, yeah, through tests to make sure that he's safe and everybody's safe. So, but there's second one's going to deal a lot more physical. Third one's going to get a little bit more existential, like meta whatever you know what i mean right they even talk about this scene where the trees are spewing out this like white shit Hmm. bruce mcdonald wanted to do it and less or uh excuse me tony burgess was like nah he's like it sounds cheesy as fuck right he's like no i think it could be really tasteful in the commentary but they have like an argument over it while they're talking about it so it's kind of funny what did you guys think about the very last scene it made no oh, sense. Oh, the to weird me. thing at the very end. Did you watch that, Mike? The the what weird thing at the last? Well, scene? they they're like in a diner or something at the very end of the credits. You see them. And oh, I didn't at the, at the after the credits. After the credits, it's directly yes. after, like like before the credits roll. I think. <clears throat> I, no, it's at the very ass end of the credits. Oh, I may not have seen it then. I may have stopped before then. Really? Well, because I, I I don't always sit around and watch the whole credit sequence. 
I uh, always kind of like click through it just to see because oh, yeah. a lot of movies do that now. I mean, I finished the film, but yeah, if there's a if there's a little bit after the credits, I, I missed it. It's it, not it really no relevant sense. to the fucking story in the Pontypool, but it's like him and this and that chick, the two main girls, the, the producer, girl and the guy. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, they they don't know what they're doing. Like, I think it's just like something fun that they decided to throw in there. But it makes no sense. Well, even in the commentary, when Tony and him are talking, they don't explain. Like, they make a joke about how they're not going to tell anybody why that's in there. Uh, and I'm like, fuck you! Like, why is this in here? I guarantee it's going to be, like, a linchpin to something. Uh, I think they were just being silly. They could have been. Because apparently been. Stephen McCaddy and that chick work have worked together on other films. And, I don't know, they just wanted to do something silly. I don't know. She's like, Johnny Dead Eyes. And she's like, oh yeah, baby, oh yeah. And he's like, shh. Like I was saying earlier, it uh, did a good job of uh, building tension and telling story and making me care about the characters with only having a few characters in one location. Right. You know, it, it, telling the whole story without going beyond where they were. Because uh, the whole thing could have been shot for 20 bucks. It wasn't, of course. No, it was a, it was a million and a half, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but it could have been shot for 20 bucks. Right. Outside of the, the what you need to pay for the actors. But... I, I really dug it. I just remember watching it going, like, this is fucking genius. It's one of those movies that I'm watching going, like, why the fuck didn't I think about this? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why shouldn't, why am I doing this? This is, I, I really gave him respect. Yeah. For doing it. I think it's one of, I think Hollywood needs to take an example from this page. Yeah. Of, oh, for sure. I, and I, I think they need to pay attention that there are smart, intelligent, and creative people out there that are willing to do independent films that will strike a tone in people. Like, I know that everybody's going to get this movie, but I think it's, like, the smartest way that any movie's ever been done on the budget that has been done. And I honestly thought it was less than a million and a half. Oh, I... I a million and a half seems too much. But, it really does. But then again, like, I don't know what the... It's probably mostly going to the actors. Maybe. The, yeah. the, 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 the Stephen McCaddy's, like, kind of a big actor in Canada. And he did a great job, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he, I, mean, I it, think it's one of his best films he's ever done. It was phenomenal. Because yeah. that, that's something else I wanted to bring up, too. I kind of did a little bit, but uh, I felt... Well, I kind of brought this up earlier, but I felt the acting in Pontypool, it felt natural. It felt real. Even though it was kind of a fantasy-type flick. I totally agree I with felt that. like it was on par with what was going on. Yeah. Whereas when I was watching The Imitation, it felt a little more stilted. But right. then again, like we brought up, they were on drugs, fucking right. pills, and they were kind of crazy. So that could have been the disconnect. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I really felt comfortable with the, the acting in Pontypool. It felt like really like we're Did you feel been. like tense while you were watching it? Uh, I didn't really. Okay. Because it, it, it takes a lot for me to feel tense watching a movie because I've seen so many fucking movies. I literally smoked an entire pack the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like I really was just so into it. I was so excited to be that thrilled, no pun intended, about watching a movie that made me feel that way. And in some regards, and I know we have this is a horror podcast, but in some regards, I feel like thriller movies do what the old horror movies used to do. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, I dude. totally agree. Because yeah. a lot of the new horror movies nowadays are all about gore. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong. It's a with flash gore. in the pan kind of yeah. thing, right? Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with gore, but that fucking uh, suspense uh, stuff like that is timeless. It really right. is because you know? nothing is gonna be as scary as what you think. Of. You know what I mean? Right. Like what you dream up in your own mind is never going to be as scary as what you see on screen. And I think I think thrillers really deserve that little bit of attention. You know, and if you're a horror fan and you ha you don't really know what thrillers are, I think 
it'll it'll strike that nostalgic fear in you again, that feeling of uncomfortableness. There's something to be said about thriller movies. And my father told me, he was like, you're probably going to start to get into more suspense and mystery and thriller than you will horror. And I don't know if that's 100% true, because I still like to go on my little fun romp. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong. There's every different aspect Let's of it. Get some mud on the tires. But there's a lot of thriller movies I feel that are more horror movies. They just aren't gory. Right. So whatever you define it as, I guess, is that. So if you guys haven't seen it, try to find it. I believe it's on Netflix. Where did you watch it? It is on Netflix. Okay. So you can watch it on Netflix. Oh, and it I... is? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cool. Wow. Where the hell did I watch it? It's been it? on Netflix for a while. That's where I first saw it. Like, oh, I may have Alex was oh, so yeah. passionate about this movie that I actually wanted to find it on netflix because i wanted to watch it on my xbox so i could wear my turtle beaches so right and get like immersed that's right because i told you i was like if you're gonna watch this movie you need to hear it 100 percent. Right. not be dis- like unfocused and if any of you guys out there own a good pair of headsets and have xbox live and have netflix watch it that way trust me it's yeah fucking amazing I'm really into that kind of thing. Like, there's certain movies that I feel that you have to draw a lot of attention to and pay, like, full attention to to grasp every little element of it. And that's one of, I think that's one of those movies for me. Well, exactly, because all the radio broadcasts that are coming in, the little tidbits that they drop here and there. Right. You really want to hear those. Yeah, I love when Grant Mazzy gets crazy a little bit. He's like, that was Ken Loney talking to a little baby <laughs> and he's like losing his mind and he's, he's like, like looking, looking under his desk and shit yeah <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> like it really kind of like there's like a like what the fuck is going on right now right. like i get goosebumps i don't know why i'm like this re- i'm this much of a fanboy of this movie like i get goosebumps just even thinking about how the feeling is during that moment so i don't know i hope you guys enjoyed as much as maybe we do don't forget we are doing the contest. We're doing two shots. Two so you're going to be doing shots. two horror shots. Yes. One for Santa Claus, whatever you want to come up, whatever clever or fucked up thing that you can come up. So you want to do one shot for Santa Claus and one shot for a holiday shot. So it could be still Santa Claus, but you know, the the holiday shot will have probably less people than the Santa Claus shot, maybe in some regard. It could be anything. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Fucking Christmas, it's it's Ramadan. We yeah, well, we're talking about Thursday. Fe- you know, Festivus was a Festivus for us. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. Thanksgiving to fucking December, but it, it, let's keep it around the holidays. But yeah, so two shots. If you guys come up with a horror theme shot, tag us with hashtag horror shot on Twitter, or go to and write a comment in the horror amino. Or possibly write it on YouTube or our SoundCloud. If you got an idea, we're going to give you out some free movies and one of our band CDs. And then, uh, so basically you'll have a bunch of shit. And they're (laughs) Blu-rays and DVDs too. So it's not just shit movies either. Like these are just copies that I got or Mike got. Even like we have like the Saul collection on DVD. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind giving away that demonic toys if you don't want it. I want it. You want it. <laughs> he wants it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Although they do have a Blu-ray copy, so maybe we will. Yeah. But it's, anyway. It's sealed, so it's brand new. Don't forget to do the Horror Shot Challenge and be a part of that. We'll be airing that in two weeks from today, uh, the first one, and then we'll do the second one after that. So you want to make sure that you get your 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 ideas in this week. We'll bring it up next week, too. 
but just make sure you get it in before the the next podcast. So, but um, is there anything else you guys want to add? Uh, no, dude, feels pretty good. Yeah. Make sure you get it in the toilet, not on the seat. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just anything. Taking a shit. Well, we're gonna end the podcast by talking about taking a shit. Okay, if you're not sitting on the toilet when you're taking a shit, there's something wrong with you. What if, <laughs> what if you're hovering over the above of it? Well, that's a public toilet. Then that's that's perfectly acceptable. Wait, do you guys go perch? wherever you want? Do you guys I, perch? I don't, I don't give a fuck. I just shit anywhere, dude. <laughs> dude, there's sometimes where I go into the bathroom and I'm so crazy when there's no like the fucking toilet ponchos or where the fuck you want to call them. <laughs> that like I get like like I'll go out to the fucking sink and get like loads of paper towels and like put soap on it and I'll wash the fucking seat before I sit down. <laughs> I'm so bad. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna end it this way. Um, <laughs> so what else do we want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so that was our Thriller Killer episode. Please killer. be sure that if you start to repeat several words, uh, maybe these could be words of endearment, like honey, or boo-boo, cock, or baby. Cock. Masturbation or, is cock. happiness. My Masturbation is happiness. <laughs> or my, my little baby, or... Come is love. Baby. Come is love. Come is love. Baby, 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 baby. Just baby, 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 Do we really want to provide a genocide to elevator music?